Blog Talk Radio. Peace to the God. You already know, man. Bohemian wizardry, you fraud them seeds be killing me. The enemy is close, you both lies on our identity. I feel like he who stepped, architect like M. Hotel. Son had the son himself, the god devil with the art. I fit dark with a slit heart. You can feel it in your bone marrow before the shit starts. Standing in the cold with a scroll that was written in gold. Behold the old glimpse that was never untold. Infinite like the eight, seven dwelling in your melon. No felon, though the unrighteous say that I'm rebellious. I'm primal, my rhyme suicide. I worship no idols. My style of all the gems going down in a spiral. You stuck in your boot. My intelligence passed my cool. The God is the truth. Every time I step in the booth, you stepped on the stoop. Got scooped to swoop in my loop. Do the knowledge, whack them seeds, get slayed like flu. You wish the son of a saw, a gift from the gods. Who rules flying through the sky with golden wings. Submerged into the light. Nighted by the golden king with the scepter of justice. Melanin cultivating she until we are Ethereum. Finally becoming one with the righteous sun. So law, souls are raw. Magnificent glow with unconditional love. Scattered rays for days from the heavens above. So below the souls, just trapped in the lowest depths of hell. Incarnated into 76 trillion cells. To break free, we must be refined. Masculine and feminine properties combined. The devil is the author of confusion. 183,000 divisions and religions. Denominations, sets, codes, schisms, and isms. Though isn't it written in the Bible that Jesus spoke in parables? The scriptures and gospels aren't just historical. Many passages weren't meant to be taken literal. Most of it is allegorical based on esoteric principles. Baptist versus Methodist. Pentecostal holiness versus Jehovah Witness. Mormons versus Seven Day Advances. Skeptics, atheists, and agnostics. Divine and cosmic tactics of the reptilians. Lower fourth dimensional aliens. So beware of the draconian Satanists. Though they aim to imprison all true beings through ignorance. So we crush the head of Leviathan. Battle my control to fill suggestions. Brainwashing and indoctrinations. Using religious politics, education, economics, health and labor. Entertainment and war. No sex and law. In this chessboard game called like we've all been pawns. Puppets on strings controlled by demonic spawns. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. You can't run with the devil and walk with God. Righteousness, your spiritual guidance in the lion's den. 
pen. The Phoenix arrived since, spitting balls for walls. Through the belt of Ryan with the eyes to Hootie. These faggy devils can't fool me. The flowers gave porn and digesting the pig's booty. The sin is the wickedness, lost in the wilderness. We're never at here to this. Go ahead and slit your wrist. The black card exists. What devils try to exit? We've been there planning crisis until destroyed by ISIS. In the pit of demons, I'm ancient Kim and dreaming. Converting satanic chords with the beta semen. Sword swinging, decapitator, parable addicted. Crystal warm mystic, keep it glow with drinks when I'm lifted. I'm Melchizedek, moving through 50 states. Only trespassers with the gods I relate. Mental alchemists, watch love conquer hate. I am in a golden rays above my head to figure eight. I'm Melchizedek, moving through 50 states. Only trespassers with the gods I relate. Mental alchemists, watch love conquer hate. I am in a golden rays above my head to figure eight. In a devil's head, severed on a dinner plate. Before the throne of God, all devils will meet the fate. Below the mason dicks, the rise the future gray. Imperial, ethereal, sound the trumpets through the stereo. Murders of mics, that's why I scratch off the cereal. We first creation, send you back to some minerals. South Shaolin, double MC is the abbot. More risk be the nation. Black men's land, we gotta have it. Restore the throne, I'd rather kick the savage. When disaster strikes, actual facts you can't manage. A fool's on deck, sink ships like Titanic. Spread a fear across the land, causing a justified panic. A monster brain dead. Zombies, goblins, bits of bandits While these wicked overseas collect residuals in a hammock Corporate folks forever remain rancid Poisoning to their mind, inflicting subconscious damage I'm Melchizedek, moving through 50 states Only transmitters with the gods I relate Mental alchemists, watch love conquer hate I am in a golden rays above my head to figure eight I'm Melchizedek, moving through 50 states Hermy transmitters with the gods I relate Mental alchemists, watch love conquer hate. I am in a golden rays above my head to figure eight. Return of the ancient one, the Moorish Naga, the Dragon Rider, or breathing fire. Generator, operator, destroyer, a self lord and master, instructor, a Kama Sutra, practicing Tantra, a Kriya Yoga, a Kutalini, the Resurrector, Shishuna, the Eater, Pingala, awaken the seven chakra to come to Avatar, Muhammad the Conqueror, putting sword to your juggler, senior to the ether, the water, air, fire bender, the earth ruler, usher in the new era. In the saga, I spirit terror, every sound of horror, reflection crack mirrors, minds made feeble, dreams crumble, the curse tremble, thieves in the temple, raise the mental, beyond the four devils, you whack motherfuckers, you know what I'm saying, all you goddamn cool niggas out there, you know what I'm saying, they was trying to put that fucking rope around them goddamn throats, you know what I'm saying, cause you didn't, you didn't all this goddamn hip hop, that's why hip hop dead motherfuckers. In the building. First of all, the radio, we are here. Peace, peace, peace to the gods and to the earth. We're going to get it in tonight for sure. Tonight is called mysticism, the mysticism of everything. That's where we're going to go into everything. All right, we're going to bring on my co host, Brother Fahim. Are you here, God? Peace. How are you doing tonight? Doing great, brother. How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. You're going to get on into the topic discussion for the night. And, of course, you can chime in whenever you feel the need to. All right. All right. So um, let's get into some of Manly P. Hall's um, teachings. 
because he's one of the foremost um, teachers, as far as I'm concerned, um, you know, when it comes to this type of occult, esoteric, metaphysical information, all right? He's one of them, all right? Of course, I have my favorite, Brother Bobby Hemmick, you know, who I know personally, you know, um, who actually put me on this path back in 1995, and I was already teaching since 88, but it was Bobby who was like, yo, you might need to do this. You know, you you, drop, you know some information, you know, and the information you know is about the same information I know. So he convinced me. He was right there at the Fulton County Library um, in Atlanta, Georgia, and he convinced me, you know, uh, convicted me, actually, and I was like, all right, Bobby, I'll do it. You know, next thing I know, I was doing uh, radio. I was doing the lectures. And it was just something to wish that um, had to be done because Bobby was like, man, shit, if there's more people out here doing the same thing I'm doing, man, shit, man, me be about this thing in no time. And so I was like, <laughs> I was like, word, Bobby, I feel you. I feel you. I know exactly what you mean. You know, if we was actually out here, you know, teaching this real information. And Bobby and myself, we went through you know, um, the Afrocentric school, you know, um, you know, I'm also good friends with, um, Phil Valentine, you know, also with brother Daoud, who actually was the first one to do a video. Actually, brother Daoud is the, um, the, the godfather of metaphysics for us in the so-called black community. All right. And I said so-called, you know, but it was, Brother Daoud, you know, that Aries who came out first, you know, um, with that information, you know, back in 88, 89, he was already dropping. Bobby came out in 92, you know, in between that time, Baba Phil Valentine, um, you know, was dropping. And really, it was Baba Phil Valentine who pulled everyone together during his um, metaphysical um, masters. You know, the, you know, his metaphys- metaphysical master's gatherings, you know, um, up in Brooklyn. And he would bring everybody together. You know, he brought Bobby together, you know, him and Bobby and and, um, and Daoud. And I was like, oh, this shit right here, this is the Holy Trinity. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so, so, you know, that's how I was. You know, when I seen them all together on a video back in around, what, 90? Yeah, it had to be. had to be 93, 92, 93. Yeah, yeah, because it was right after Bobby, um, you know, did his Dogon lecture. And then he was was in um, Nathano. He did that lecture, and he was started traveling. He started doing that circuit. You know, Brother Daoud, he probably would have, you know, went further, but he didn't want to leave out of New York. You know, Bobby was like, shit, I'm going to go wherever I need to go to get this information out. So, you know, and um, Baba Phil, you know, is the same way. You know, he'll go where he needs to go in order to get the information out. But let me get into, you know, the cult anatomy of man by Manly P. Hall. He says something that's very important because he's talking about the human body and symbolism. And he goes on talking about how, you know, the scriptures we are told that God made man in his own image. But it's also stated not only that the Christian Bible, but also in the holy writings of nearly every enlightened people. 
And so he goes in and says that the function of the human body, the attributes of the human mind, and the qualities of the human soul have all personified by the wise men of the, of the ancient world. All right? And a great drama has been built around their relationship to themselves and to each other. Right? To the great Egyptian demagogues. All right? He speaks of. Um, Hunen. Um, the human race owes its concept of the law of analogy and the great hermetic all right um axiom was that which is above is like unto that which is below and that which is below is like that which is above so basically um as above so below as within so without that becomes the supreme axiom that was the supreme axiom of tahuti hermes all right Trimagestus, as he was called, of Thoth within the Greek. But when you combine Hermes, Hermes is actually two Heru and Mes, all right, which is for Mes is short for Messiah, Mes, Messiah, messenger, all right? So Hermes is talking about Heru, the messenger, or Heru, the Messiah, you know, the anointed one, Heru. And, And Heru means the sun, or light, day, or time, all right? So when we look at Hermes, and then Hermes is a name for Tahuti. And so when you see the, um, the, the enlightened being, the adapt, all right, the adapt, all right, when he becomes the adapt, when he becomes a master, he's having... Um, the crocodile fat of Sebek poured over his head. On the side of him, on the right is Heru, on the left is Tahuti. Them two together become Hermes. Right? And then it's called Trimagestus, Tri as in three, because one, two, three. Yourself in between the two, the principles of wisdom, which symbolize Tahuti, and of reality, the apparent reality, which symbolizes Heru, all right? And so you are in the center. So you are symbolic to that middle pillar between the two pillars that they speak of within Freemasonry symbolically, which is known as Jocelyn and Boaz. Um, So you represent that middle pillar, all right, of initiation in which that, that is what's supposed to be going on. You're supposed to be initiated into these higher sciences, and of course you can initiate yourself, all right, before um, actual initiations. Right. And you simply, by having your mind right, by knowing that this is what you want, and being sincere and having that intent of mastering yourself, all right? So just keep in mind the supreme axiom, as above, so below, as within, so without. Because religion has primarily been presented to people according to the exoteric, which is the outer court information. This is what most people know. They only know the outer court information. They don't know anything else. All right? They know history. They know that they're trying to make it literal. All right? That's what they know. All right? So this information includes the basis, you know, um, you know, and, and that's how 
we dealing with it. Hold on, let me get let me get um my cord here for we can make sure that this computer stay on. All right, so that's what we're talking about. All right. All right, so that's what we're talking about. That's the outer that's the outer court. And most people know the outer court information. You know, that's what you've been taught in religion. You go into any of the um schools of thought within Christianity, whether it's Jehovah Witness, Seventh day Advances, Baptist, Pentecostal Holiness, uh Methodist. Um, it doesn't matter. You got taught the same biblical stories, all right? You might have a, just a slight difference in understanding, interpretation of it, but you believe that it was literal, that there was a literal Adam and Eve, a literal Moses, a literal, um, you know, Christ or Jesus, you right. know, you, you believe that everything was literal, so you have the out of court information, you know, and the you know based on how you perform prayers and other rituals, basic tenets, um, emotional latent stories and myths, you know, which conveys moral principles. This is what you was taught because they wanted you um, to know um, morally how to act. You know, in the out of court, people are encouraged to listen to sermons about God and His prophets. And to talk about the love of God and the love of his prophets. Um, few, however, are encouraged to experience God. All right, that's when you come in. This is the esoteric, the spiritual aspect. God or the actual functioning, all right, according to the methodology employed by the various prophets, such as the work in the business of the esoteric or inner court. Even the Quran speaks about it. The Quran states that. They know the outer meaning of the life of the lower world, but of the hereafter, they are heedless. In other words, they don't know nothing of. They don't know nothing about the esoteric. And it says, while the out-of-court people argue over such absurdities as my religion is better than yours or my God is the true God and yours isn't, the inner court promotes unity. See, this is the problem that is going on. You see, this is what's taking place right now, right now, okay? This is what's going on right now, and you can go and check it out. It's very, um, you see the same thing on Facebook. You have the Facebook wars. One Negro always trying to overthrow another Negro's thought process. <laughs> Not done, um, you know, in a loving critique way. It's always done in a belligerent, you know, nigga, my knowledge is better than yours. You know, you need to go and do some study. Or you, Yo, all of that, that's how we know that you're still dealing in ego. That's how we know that you're still stuck, Negro, and you need to grow. That's how we know. You know what I'm saying? So that's the absurdities that you be dealing with. Now, the inner court promotes unity because those who reach the inner court witness 
that unity and realize that God has always conveyed one primary message, a message that appears to be different, but it came to men and women in different geographical locations and who were of different backgrounds. People who reach the inner court realize that the principles are the same across time and geographic, or geography, all right? Even though the principles may be contained in different bottles, bearing different labels, but the essence of the content is the same. This is what you reach when you really get into the highest um, overstanding, understanding, right? When you reach the inner court, the esoteric meaning, this is where you have the mystic teachings or traditions um, of the yogis in, in the East. You have the Sufis in Arabia, all right? You have the shamans in the indigenous cultures, you know, the so-called nature-based religions. You have the Essenes, all right, um, in the Judaic or, or, or um, the Gnostics in the Judaic traditions, hence the Christian tradition, as well as the Kabbalistic um, traditions and many other titles. But the failure of moderate efforts to read the, de- the deep messages of the Bible or the Quran or any of the other um, scriptures is due to the fact that moderate scholars stupidly, stupidly and stubbornly refuse to see that the ancient scriptures written were esoteric or hidden, as it is in meaning, the occult, and allegorical and symbolic, all right, as to its methods by a combination of symbols, nature signs, and allegories often interwoven into a background of real history, all right? For example, um, we find that the hymns of Akhenaten, 104 and 110, of Akhenaten, um, hymns um, of the hymns of Akhenaten are identical to Psalms 104 and 110 in your Bible. They are identical. So David did not write the um, Psalms, all right, or those hymns. He did not write the Psalms. Who wrote them? Akhenaten, Akhenaten. Amenhotep IV, as he was called. That's who wrote those songs. And who also who helped write um, some, some of the other psalms or some of the other um, information, you know, Proverbs. That would have been his father, Amenhotep III. So Amenhotep III and... And Solomon, all right, and well, Amenhotep III and Akhenaten would have been David and Solomon of your Bible. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because they're the ones who wrote the Proverbs, the Psalms, the Song of Solomon, so forth and so on. That came from them. Okay? So this is what we're talking about. That is that, that the background of real history, but it's history that takes you right back to ancient Kemet. That's sought to betray the deepest types of spiritual experience and an intellectual grasp on reality. 
That's the whole key. You have to get a grasp on reality, a grip on reality. All right? If you get um, Albert Churchward's book, The Origin and Evolution of Religion, right? He held that the African pygmies, who we call the Twa, and the Nubians, who are the Kushites or Ethiopians, were the real originators of religion. All right? Even um, the late Count C. Von, um, C. F. Vani, or Voni, all right? Voni, in his book, The Ruins of Empires, he writes that all religions originated in Africa. The Ethiopians conceived themselves, said Diodorus, a Greek historian, to be of the great iniquity than any other nation. Of greater iniquity than any other nation. They supposed themselves also to be the inventors of divine worship, of festivals, of selim assembly, of sacrifices, and of every other religious practice. The late Dr. Um, Brest, famous Egyptologist, maintained that the Ethiopians were the first to give religious thought and aspiration to the world. Right? So these are Albion. Critiquing and giving you this information Alright So when we look at the word holy bible We know that the word holy Which is English Transliteration is derived From the Greek word helios And the Latin and even the Latin From the Greek which is halo Both mean sun As they are derived from the Metro nature which is the Ancient Tamarian Kemetic Egyptian word Haru, Haru, or Heru, right? So the word holy is derived from the word Heru. The the H-O is the H-E, remember the vowels, and then the L and the R are interchangeable. And then the Y-W is one of the So the name is actually holy, but it's Heru. Christians don't realize that they are worshiping Heru. When you say the Holy Bible, Jews don't realize that they worship in Heru when they say the Holy um, um, Old Testament or the Holy Penature or the um, Holy um, Five Books of Moses. Muslims don't realize that they say in Heru when they say Holy Quran. Because <laughs> the word Holy is derived from the ancient Egyptian word, metronetra word, Heru. All right? Which is what? Another form of Ra or Osar. As we know that, Heru was the son of Osar. And then you have the word Bible, which is derived from the Latin word Biblios, or Biblios, which is from um, Papyrus or Papylos. And what is papyrus? Papyrus, uh, a papyrus, it stems from the ancient Egyptian word, which is papyra. Papyra. Only thing they did was transliterate the word papyra, which is a metronetra word, and change it into English, which is paper. So when you say paper, that is an ancient Egyptian metronetra um, or Tamarian word. Papyra. P-A-P-E-R-A. 
So when you say paper, you're saying an Egyptian, um, comedic Egyptian word. And remember, the Algonquins, who we, who we call the Choctaw, the Washita, the Lenape, the Yamasi, all of them spoke Algonquin, which is a, which, which has Metunetra, Af, um, um, African, Mandan, um, as well as also um, um, the science of, of um, Arabic and Hebrew. Yes. All right? In and Arabic and Hebrew are derived from All right? We'll get to that in a second. But so where is it derived from? It's derived from the raw paper raw, which is the book of coming or the book of coming forth by day and night, as they refer to it as, or the book of the book of um, of the dead, which is known by E. A. Wallace Budge as he referred to it as. But we refer to it, um, even A. E. Wallace Budge had to refer to it as the book of knowing, the evolution of Ra and the overthrow of Apex. Right? You can read this in the gods of each of the Egyptians, the gods of the Egyptians. All right. So when you get into this information. You have to understand, understand, understand um, what you're dealing with, you know. So what's the origin of the Old Testament? Because we talk about the Bible. Well, you have um, Aristus, right? Aristus. Um, he writes that Demetrius recommends Ptolemy Sultan to gather a collection of books on kingship and ruling. Like um, Plato, um, Plato, philosopher king, and furthermore, to gather books of all the world's people that he might better understand subjects and trade partners. So Ptolemy gave Demetrius the job of gathering extensive books of scrolls and supervising the translation of the books of one nation into Greek. Ptolemy Sultan carried off uh, 100,000 Jews, Hebrews, all right? They was deported to Egypt and fled there, still reeling from the influence of the Babylonian, of their Babylonian captivity. And the so-called Jews, who actually are the Hebrews, right? Um, and when we say the word Jew, we're, we're talking about Jehuti. It was followers of Jehuti, which is Tahuti, right? Um, that is the metronetra name for Tahuti is Jehuti. And from that, you get the word Jew. This is where that comes from. So Jehuti is um, where the word Jew comes from. Also Judea, Judah, Judas, all right? That is all um, named after Tahuti or Jehuti, all right? So you have to overstand that also. Once again, it goes back to ancient Kemet. All right? So, remember, I just told you that they came from out of captivity in Babylon and they came into Egypt. So, they did not have the word um, um, Jew as of yet. They were still called Hebrews at that time. Habarus. All right? And it says they was deported to Egypt. All right? And so, they became a large minority of population in, in um, Alexandria, living besides the Egyptian, all right, um, Greeks in their own quarters, all right. And we don't say Egyptian. This is what 
is saying in the book, Egyptian Greeks, but we understand that um, we talk about Persians because Ptolemy uh, Salter was Persian, all right? He was Persian, all right? And at Demetrius' suggestion, Ptolemy hired and housed, all right, 72 rabbis for the project, all right? Now, you can get this from um, an article. It's called The Library of Alexandria, right? Now, you know, in the library, there was over 700,000 documentation. Yep, we still located in the NC, all right? So, um, that's what it was. It was over 700,000 documents located in the Library of Alexandria. And the workshop in which that the religions was modeled was Alexandria in Egypt, which became the focal center of culture, knowledge, religious um, speculation, and propagandism. It became the emporium for religious dogma throughout the East and a place of results for the disciples of nearly every system of religious faith then existing. The Hebrews had the already copied features that they liked from the religion of their neighbors. All right? Now understand that when you read your Bible, you find that the grandson of Cush was Nimrod. All right? Ham was the son of Cush. And the grandson of Cush was Nimrod. And Nimrod um, left from out of Africa, all right, and went into Mesopotamia. So we are talking about the Sumerians in Mesopotamia, which is now Iraq and Iran, Kuwait area, um, were the same people that came from out of Africa originally. All right? This is over 5,000 years ago, just before the Europeans came out to Caucasus Mountains. Right? Sorry. So, um, you're dealing with um, people from Samaria, all right? And you're dealing with people from Egypt, Ethiopia, right? They were the same people, right? Because Cush, as in Cushite, is where we get the term. Um, used even in the Bible, they'll replace Cush or Cushite with Ethiopia, right? Or Ethiopian, all right? Because they're one and the same. So they copy um, features that they like from the religions of their neighbors and or conquerors and drafted their doctrine into what is called Judaism, right? The Old Testament history shows that Ptolemy Philadelphia has set up a museum library and later a Serapium. The Serapium. Now, the Serapium is where we get later on Serapis from, which become the Jesus character. I'll get to that. Um, had, and Serapium had followers and was open to the public. All right? And the city offered the perfect opportunity to religious thinkers, to learn the ideas of the sages of ancient religion and adopt them. Theological schools arose, and a stimulating mix of pagan 
Jewish and Eastern thought developed. Ideas was adapted not only from the other theologies coming in Alexandria, but also from the Zoroastrianism of Iran, and even through the founder of Neoplatonism. Platonism, all right. Amun, um, Amunius, Amuninus, Amunius, and Buddhism and Hinduism from India. It says men of every philosophy and every faith met, exchanged ideas and borrowed religious doctrines and revised their own religion in light of others' wisdom. That's what took place there. You get another book is by, um, according to um, Carl F. Burgess, How the Old Testament Came to Be. He states, although the whole of the Old Testament had been written by 150 B.C., the writings which is now declared authorized was not authorized until 90 A.D. by a council of, of rabbis at Jamnia. It was this group which decided which of the later writings should be included in the Old Testament. It was at the Council of Jamnia in 90 AD that the compilation of the new official said Jewish um, canon, or what we now call the revising of the old or the original um, Septuagint, all right, Old Testament began. Now you get another book is um, by um, Judy James Carter, Jesus Chronicles: Old Truths Uncovered, and she breaks down that it was not until 397 A.D. that the Bible assumed the present form that we now know it. All right, mostly. Um, if first um, Synod of Laodicea held around 363 A.D. in the assembly of bishops decided what we could be what could be read out aloud. They were Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, Esther, um, first and second book of Kings, third and fourth books of Kings, um, first and second book of Ezra, um, the book of 150 Psalms. All right. Um the Proverbs of Solomon, Ecclesiastics, um, the Songs of um, Solomon, Job, the Twelve Prophets, all right? These are the books, Isaiah, Jeremiah, um, Baruch, the Laminations and Letters, uh, Ezekiel, and Daniel. So those were the books. So basically, it says the Bible had been crassly taken for literal truth about living personages on the stages of moral history. It has been rendered literally and historically. This is the most erroneous blunder and the most grandiose error in all history and human history. This mistaken of spiritual allegorism for literal human narratives New research makes it positively clear that the Old Testament narratives are in 
their entirety rewritten or rewritings of old Egyptian material, distorted and obscured as it passed through later Hebrew hands. All right? The Egyptian scriptures were never historical. It was spiritual symbolism, pure and unalloted. The weirdest phenomenon of history transpired when later ignorant um, took the Egyptian constructions and converted them into absurd literal narratives. This conversion of spiritual into um, biographical history has made Christianity the instrument of the grossest degradation of sublime ancient truth to which it has ever been subject. Origen regarded the whole Bible as a set of allegories. Now, if you don't know who Origen um, um, is, um, he was one of the historians or one of the Christian um, so-called fathers. European fathers, and he even believed that the whole Bible as a set of allegories. But the most astonishing declaration to this effect is that St. Paul's own statements in Galatians, that the whole story of Abraham and Sarah and Hagar is an allegory. Myth is not to be understood as something that was once believed by a population to be true that has now been proven false. So, Literary form of myths is the telling of an imaginary story using symbols to explain things beyond our human understandings and comprehension. While a myth may be imaginative, it speaks and reveals the truths of the things it is explaining. Of course, all ancient people understood that, they, that these were myths. It only relatively recently that we have grown in ignorance and started to believe they were facts, which we now claim to have disproven. No ancient people ever believed their myths were true. It's obvious. When you know that the, the truth about something, obviously you do not set it out so people can understand it. It makes perfect sense to hide the truth in a story that can be misinterpreted by even your own followers. This is um, David, um, excuse me, by um, Bill um, Donahue. He made that statement, and I agree with that um, totally. All right, so um, this is the origin of the New Testament. So we have the origin of the Old Testament with the 72 rabbis being brought in by Ptolemy Sultan. Um, and as we read, you know, that's that's what we're talking about there. Now you have the origin of the New Testament, and there's a short um, synopsis of Pisos or Pisos history. And this is coming from Victor Manos. And he states that his family, talking about um, um, Arias Pisos, um, descended from Philip II of Macedon. All right. King Philip was the father of two sons, Alexander the so-called Great and Lago, all right, Ptolemy um, um, Salter, who is called Lago, the rabbit, all right, and the Lago becomes the word, Lago, the word, all right, and so the Pisos of Pisos line descended from Lago down through the many Ptolemies, all right, of course, the so-called Persians said Greek, 
um, who invaded Egypt, all right, to include Cleopatra and Arias Pisos. In their day, this was well known, and many great writers mentioned them. They were members of a closed society of Zoroastrianism and priests because they came out of Persia, all right, which is now we call Iran and Iraq, all right? Mesopotamia, Mesopotamia. But it says Zoroastrianism, priests of the Temple of Zila in the homeland of Pontus on the southern coast of the Black Sea. Zoroastrianism was originally an astrotheological spiritual system. He graded into a religion founded around 700 BCE. All right. Some say around um, between 700 BCE to 500 BCE. Right, allegedly by a Persian prophet named Zoroastrus, which is Zoroastra. All right, and Zoroastra means um, he who studies the stars. Now, the basic belief of Zoroastrianism is that there is a constant battle between the spirit of good and the spirit of evil, and that the earth is the battleground, and everyone should therefore be dedicated to fighting for good thoughts, good words, and good deeds. And we will be judged on how well we fought when we die. All right? This is all based on the law of karma. Now, truthfully, this is the same belief system as the ancient Egyptians, all right? or Kemites, Sumerians. All right? So in 66 CE, Arias Pisos waged war against Jerusalem and defeated the Jewish or Hebrew people. And the Pisos hated the Jews um, all right, all but um, the Sadducees, who was um, the Herodians, right? And Herodian, of course, Herod was the one who supposedly um, went after Jesus, um, you know, killing every baby, you know, that was born up to the age of two, um, trying to kill the, the Messiah or Masonic seed, uh, um, the Messianic seed, right? And then you have, um, of course, he tore down the temple there with the help of Piso's relative, Thaddeus, um, or Titus, um, 70 CE, just as Caesar had torn down the Temple of Zelah to commemorate his victory um, and to create a religion to keep the slaves humble, he and his family authorized the New Testament, cleverly inventing a Jesus Christ, right, with, with the same um, initials as Julius Caesar, J.C., oddly enough. Um, who would replace Caesar as the head of what would become the new state religion of Rome for Christendom or Christianity, all right? So when we talk about the allegory, go and look in Galatians 4, 21 through 26. And it says, tell me, ye that desire to be under the law, do ye not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, and the one by a bondmaid and the other by a free woman. But he was also, um, and but he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. That was Ishmael. But the one that was born of the free woman was born by promise. That's Isaac. Which things are an allegory? For these are the two covenants, and the one from Mount Sinai, which gendereth to bondage, which is Hagar. And Hagar was supposedly the wife of Abraham. She was the bondswoman who had the child is um, Ishmael, which the Arabs claim to be um, 
descended from. So they've descended from a from bondage. All right, um, a bondmaid. For this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. So Hagar didn't even live. So what the hell are the Muslims um, um, talking about? They've taken an allegorical story and made it fit to to say that they are descended from a mountain. <laughs> okay? And answer to Jerusalem, which is now and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. Now, this correlates perfectly with the science in which that we break down in the Holy Quran, Circle 7, all right, when we're talking about the mother of virtue, all right, is the higher self. The higher self is the mother of virtue, of love, truth, of love, right, um, you know. So that's the mother of virtue, all right? So that's the mother of us all, is the higher self. The lower self is the bondage. So when we see Arabs um, promoting child molestation, which is pedophilia. We see Muslims, because remember, Muhammad was able to have a nine-year-old, okay, Aisha. But allegedly, he didn't consummate the marriage until she was 11. Wow, that made it better. (laughs) Okay? So, you know, when we see these types of things taking place, the mentality is coming from the lower self. All right? Having to have four wives and as many concubines or right-hand possessions as you choose. Right? That's lower self-activity. All right? So they said that they are of, they come from Hagar, which as we see here, allegorically is actually Mount Sinai in Arabia. And Sinai is part of that word is sin, S-I-N which is the moon god, hence the reason why they use the crescent star (laughs) as the symbol. Right? Really, Sinai is really what we call Tahuti, because he's the moon god. And Hagar is actually Hathor, the eye of Heru. These are all ancient Egyptian characters that they have taken and mixed up and jumbled that shit. <laughs> and now have everybody believing that this is, wow. Abraham had Hagar and he had Sarah and he had Katara. You know? But allegories are intended to choose uh, or chosen as a means for communicating knowledge. That's what allegories have done to convey and communicate knowledge. Allegory dramatized cosmic laws, principles, processes, um, relationships, and functions, and express them in a way easy to understand. Once the inner meaning of the allegories have been revealed, they become marveled of simultaneously scientific and philosophical completeness and conciseness. Now, if you see my last video that I was breaking down, uh, that we did not come from primates, but the stars, then you understand what I'm talking about. Because we took allegorical information 
metaphysical, esoteric um, information and simultaneously broke it down to a scientific and philosophical completeness and conciseness. The more that um, that um, that they are studied, the richer they become. The inner dimensions of the teachings embedded inside the stories, or each story makes them capable of revealing, revealing, all right, several layers of knowledge according to the stage of development of the listener. All right? So I actually had a, a, a Negro to get upset because I said that we did not come from apes. If you want to go and pay $20,000 to go to college, in order to get told in biology class that you came from an ape, then that's fine. Be my guest. <laughs> that's fine. But if you want to hear that you come from God, then you come my way. Okay? Because I know that the original man did not come from the ape because based on forbidden archaeology, we already was existing on planet Earth 2.8 billion years ago. 2.8 billion years ago with a bee. The ape species didn't come about until 20 million years ago. The monkey species didn't come about until 60 million years ago. So what relative did you have in order to make the monkey and the ape species? But they say that we come from the primates or that he get, as they say, well, not necessarily we come from the primates, but we had um, the same um, descendancy line of the primates. Okay. But what about the fact that we was already here over 2.8 billion years ago, according to the book Forbidden Archaeology, and also according to the book Hidden History of the Human Race, and also according to the book um, Strange Facts of Humanity? What about that? Oh, you're just going to bypass that shit. They found relics called the cloak um, the cloak drop um, um balls, over two hundred of them from a blast that was carried out in South Africa that dates back to two point eight billion years ago. And these relics was made out of metal. Metal. Now, who the fuck was on planet Earth 2.8 billion years ago smelting metal? It wasn't no fucking apes. And it was no fucking monkeys. Monkeys and apes don't smelt metal. You get it? So you take all that ape shit somewhere else. <laughs> don't bring that shit to my page. If you were happy to be an ape, Fine, go and find you a tree and go and pick some fruits and, and do your Tarzan dance and shit. <laughs> oh. Go and do your Tarzan dance and shit. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Yo, thank you, Conscious Network, no doubt. But we are here to try to find the absolute truth of the matter. And when I get that, you know, that we existed for millions, billions, trillions of years, and you believe that Albion is still telling you the truth about you come from a monkey, but yet tell you at the same time, 
oh no, um, um, the UFO um, aliens created you. Now, did they create you or did they create the monkey and then made you from the monkey? Oh, that's right. You just got made from the monkey 300,000 years ago. So the monkey been on the planet 60 million years. The ape been on the planet 20 million years. And then you just came 300,000 years ago because you came from the monkey. But yet, but yet, the extraterrestrials, they was, they was already here um, millions of years ago. Well, how the fuck you know you ain't the extraterrestrials? You still melanated? How you know you didn't make the monkey? How you know you didn't make the ape? How you know you didn't make the life on this planet? Because I could have sworn that the Bible says that Adam named the angels in heaven as well as also named all the animals on earth. Maybe the name is really talking about the mastering of the signs of DNA. Because the name Yahweh or Yahivahi, which is the Tetragrammaton, hmm, Mm-mm-mm. never mind. I'm tired of explaining myself. Go and do the research. I'm tired of um, stupid behind Negroes coming on my timeline. Um, trying to prove something like they got some magnificent knowledge. I heard all the Afrocentricity. I came through that school, right? I've been in this shit for over 30 years, dropping information, all right? Let's believe that, all right? Baba Phil Valentine mentioned me in his lectures. Mitchell Gibson mentioned me in his lectures, all right? Dr. Mitchell Gibson, um, Brother Bobby Hammett mentions me in his lectures, Brother Panic mentions me in his lectures. Just because y'all might not know who I am, and y'all just jumping aboard now trying to figure out, oh, okay, y'all ain't get me. He got some all right information. Them guys already knew because I gave them information or we talked or built in some shape, form, or fashion. All right? Even a brother from Australia who's Italian. All right? Mentions me in his lectures. All right? Do y'all know who that is? Huh? Right. Santo Bonacci. So he mentions me in the lectures. So understand is that the greats that you watch mentions me. <laughs> this is a this is fantastic. Because that gives me the ability in order to come with information that you might not never heard. So when I talk about that you didn't come from primates, but the stars or God, that's what I'm talking about. And I mean that shit. And you won't see me backpedaling on the fact of getting into the theosophical society. If you go into, see, a lot of y'all are not part of these secret societies. 
church, so y'all don't know what's really being said and taught in these schools. Okay? You don't really know what's being 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 told. But get into the theosophical society formed by Madame Bavafi, who actually was a Rosicrucian, and she took the Rosicrucian teachings and parlayed it into a theosophical society, just like um um Rand, um, what's his name? Ah, oh, man. The founder of the Anthroposophical Society. All right? He took that information from the Anthroposophical, from the, um, from the Theosophical Society and parlayed it into the Anthroposophical Society. All right? Or, um, Ru- um, Steiner. His name, um, Rupert. Steiner or whatever his name is. Okay? But but he um spoke about it. All right? So you got to understand, you know, these societies and in the secret society or the theosophical society, right. Right. Exactly. Um Rudolf um Steiner. Right. So Rudolf Steiner he was a member of the Theosophical Society, hence a Rosicrucian. Yeah, what you don't know is that um, Shechem, or Shechem, who is known as um, Rod um, Nefra Un Amen, Rod Un Nefra Amen, he was a Rosicrucian and head of the Theosophical Society. Um, back in the 70s, and he took that information and formed what is now known as the Offset of Sarian or the Offset Society. So see, this is why you need to know this information, because your highest teachers were all part of six societies. So you can, you know, do that conspiracy theory all you want, but all your teachers were part of the highest shit. Dr. Ben, all right, that every um, good uh, right, every good um, quote unquote, you know, pan Africanist and nationalist, love to repeat, was a member of the Shriners and an international Mason. <laughs> All right? It was part of the Shriners and international Mason. And he formed the Craft of Amin Ra, another secret society. Which Bobby and myself um, got into, or learned some information from. Right? Of course, in the beginning stages of it, you will learn geometry and, um, you know, um, architecture and different other little things like that. You know, Dr. York, he was a Rosicrucian member, a Mason from the Solomon Lodge in New York, in um, Brooklyn, New York as well as also um, an Astara member. All right? Noble Jirah Ali. Even though you have uh, many that say Noble Jirah Ali, um, you know, wasn't, you know, a Mason, which is a damn lie. You know, that was a lie. But he was. Right? He was a Mason, a Shriner. All right. 
even the elk. All right? There's proof of this. Either Marcus Mosiah Garvey or the Prince Hall Mason. You see him in his uniform, his Masonic uniform. The Masonic uniform of a 33rd degree. of the 1920s. Come on. Yo, we got to wake up, yo. We got to wake up. Seriously, we got to wake up. You know what I mean? I mean, really, we got to wake up. Malcolm and Farrakhan. Masons. So you come in with all this conspiracy theory when these are the people that brought you the greatest information of your goddamn life. So kill that. That's the European trying to separate you from your history and what was told to you and what you can have. Right? So so kill that. So we talk about allegory, and even in masonry, they tell you that Masonry is veiled, is veiled in allegories and symbolism. That's what you are told when you when you become a Mason. Okay? I'm a Mason. I'm part of the Moorish Rite Freemasonry. Moorish Rite Freemasonry. I didn't go Prince Hall. P-H-O or P-H-A. Moorish Rites. Angelo Solomon. And I promise you that being that no secret to hide the truth from you. Our secret is our brotherhood. Got nothing to do with hiding anything from you. We give you straight information, the highest form of information that we try to give you. Okay? Yeah, exactly. Your parents was part of the um hell, my mom was Eastern Star, my grandma was Eastern Star, um, my uncles um was um hell, I got an uncle right now who's thirty three degrees, the sovereign grand um inspector oh, the sovereign grand commander. Right? Grandfather was um made all of them. I mean that's just that that was what was going on. We had our own Science. All right? I have European Masons. Now, this is the thing. <laughs> you might not appreciate the information, but I've had Europeans who are 33 degrees, all right, and higher. I've had um, who, who are members of OTO. That's Alistair Crawley. Who was, member, who, who was the Grand Master who is the grand master of these particular secret orders, who contacted me and said, you know as much as I know, except you, um, you Afrocentralize it. So you might not understand some of the things that I be saying, but they definitely understand what we are talking about. 
and maybe maybe not even like it. But it's not up to them. All right, it's not up to them. So understand that allegories um, has an inner dimension of the teachings embedded in the stories. All right, um, and each story makes them capable of revealing several layers of knowledge according to the stages of development of the listener. All right, the secrets are revealed as one evolves higher. The higher we get, the more we see. It is always there. All right, the Egyptians, the ancient, this is why you read the same books over and over again, because it's something that you might have missed. All right, the ancient and present day Baladi did, do not believe these allegories as historical truth or facts. They believe in them in a sense that they believe in the truth behind the stories. So Christians seemingly religion throws away and lost the very soul of their meanings when it mistranslates the ancient Egyptian allegorical language into alleged history instead of viewing it as spiritual allegory. It, um, the result was a pathetic, blind faith in a kind of emotional and superstitious supernaturalism and effectively aborted the real power of the story. Allegories to transform the life of every individual. This, this was the science of allegory. So even when you look into the Holy Quran, as we said, the word holy means son. In its um, English transliteration, it's derived from um, the Greek helios and Latin halo, and it's derived from both, um, and it's derived from um, heru. All right? And so you also find that in the Quran, in Arabic, that Quran means to recite, recycle, or cycle. Thus, Holy Quran means sun cycle. <laughs> okay, that's what it means. Furthermore, Heru is known as Ku. All right, Ku, A-K-H-U, Aku or Ku, and which means light, light body, right? That's your light body. And Ku is the ancient Sumerian word for illumination, intelligence, wisdom, the intelligent aspect of the spirit and the ancestral spirits are called Aku or the intelligence or the shining illuminated ones. The bird that represents the divine wisdom, which is Tahuti or Jehuti, is known as Ku, the intelligent wisdom. Hence the Ibis bird because the bill symbolizes the writing or the wisdom of the words of God or the translator of the wisdom of the gods, the natures, all right? Tahuti is the record keeper. So the Quran or Qurah means the book of wisdom. This is why the Muslims refer to the Quran as the book of wisdom because it comes from Qurah or Qurah, which is a name for Tahuti, who is the record keeper. He's also known as the father of time. Um, in the later Roman um, deity, he becomes Kronos, which means timekeeper. All right? That's the Greek mythology. Um, when they, um, the Greek Roman mythology, Greco Roman mythology, um, he means Kronos. All right? And then you have um, Kronos, which means chronology, chronological, or better yet, 
You have the um, the Vatican who want to make a new deity, Chrono, becomes the name of the Holy Bible, of the Holy Book, the Holy Quran. And so hence the Quran becomes the sun chronology, the sun chronology, the sun time, the sun book of time, or the Quran, which becomes the Quran. Right, so the wisdom of Ra was collected from where? Ra paper Ra, or the book of knowing, the evolution of Ra, and the overthrowing of Apep. Right, which was again can be found in the gods of Egyptians of the Egyptians by E. A. Wallace Budge. In other words, the Holy Quran was plagiarized, and I hate to use the word plagiarized because it's the same ancestry, because um, the original Arabs um, were us. The Kushites, right? But it was from the raw paper raw, and it is known fact that 73%, 73% of the Holy Quran is derived uh, from the Holy Bible. The other 27% is derived from the Zoroastrian text called the Zen Avesta, the lost books of the Bible and the forgotten books of Eden, and the Apocrypha. All right? This is where it came from. Right, so, we understand, right, the science that is taking place here, right, the Aku. Oh, okay, the ones that was that Samurai Jack fought against. Yeah, the Aku, right, Aku, A-K-U, exactly, which is talking about the glorified, illuminating light body. Now, these wise men saw the same order prevailing everywhere, the same unity Governing variety. They was convinced that the law is one. The source is one. Right? Marcus Garvey told us, one aim, one God, one destiny. Right? So, they was convinced that the law is one. The source is one. The substance is one. The power is one. And the universe one precedes every variety. Each a world impelled into action by one force. So, after that, Ancient magis discovered the existence of the spiritual world. They invented symbols and allegory to record their findings and to conceal the secret from the tyrants and from those who was greed and, you know, greed and glory, you know, to make it their business to deceive the common cattle and to enslave them by the destruction of knowledge. This is why it says that my people suffer or die for a lack of knowledge. Because we fail to look into ourselves. And then we go into the installation of superstition and the promotion of ignorance. So the Bible cannot be understood because the makers of it was governed by a desire to exalt the priesthood and enslave the masses. To the end that personalized symbols and literalized allegories that appears in the ancient scrolls. Therefore, to understand the real meaning of the symbols, the nature of the philosophy had to be known, for each symbol has several meanings, and the meanings of the symbols of the ancient magi concealed the esoteric meaning of their philosophy. So when you go to Egypt and you see the metronature on the walls, that is ancient meanings, ancient um, um, esoteric meanings of their philosophy, and you have to know um, those ancient meanings. And furthermore, our relate um 
Revelation will indicate how cleverly the ancient scribes recorded the mysteries of um, of creation in words that confounded the exoteric and enlightened the esoteric. So at the same time, I can be enlightened by the same book that you read. And you get a whole different interpretation. I've seen that within um, Dr. York's school of the Nuwapians, right? You have some today who still believe that the shit is literal. Exoteric. Then you have those who understand that it's esoteric, allegory, symbolism. Those are the esoteric, mysticism. All right? I've seen that. So, if you get the book African Origin of Civilization, Myth or Reality by Sheikh Antediop, he says that the civilization called Egypt in our period developed from a long time in the early cradle. This cycle of, um, of civilization, the longest in history, presumed lasted 10,000 years. This is a reasonable compromise between, um, between the long chronology based on data provided by Manithos, the last student of the ancient Egyptian mystery school of Anu at Alexandria before it was invaded by Alexander the Great in, 30, in 330 BCE, which placed the beginning at 17,000 BCE and the short chronology 3,100 BCE of the moderates. For the latter are obliged to admit that by 4,245 BCE, the Egyptians had already invented the calendar, which necessarily required the passage of thousands of years. Right? So, Sheikh Antediop says this within the African origin of civilization, myth or reality. Right? So, in the realm of symbolism, one must not attempt to be too exact. Symbols represent thoughts which by their very nature are difficult to embrace and which are quite impossible to reduce to a scholastic definition, right? This is why um, people don't understand metaphysics because there's different layers to it. Once again, you might look at something in one way. I might look at something in a whole different way, but that doesn't mean that the way you're looking at it is necessarily wrong, nor the way I'm looking at it is necessarily wrong. It's based on the information that we have gathered thus far and based on our spiritual enlightenment. In other words, the mastery of the science of the breath. Because the breath is what takes you into deeper levels of consciousness. Right? I had a jackass to ask me um, on the um, timeline about the fact of, of, of what's the sign, what, what's the purpose or the meaning of breath. I'm like, nigga, you breathe every day. What the fuck you asking me? The science of breath. <laughs> Can you live without it? Try to go six minutes without breath and see what happens. You can go without food for 40 days and 40 nights like Jesus. You can go without water for about a week and a half. But try to go without the breath for down three to six minutes and see, I have to call 911 for your dumb ass. So the breath is the most important aspect of life. What you ask me stupid ass question about the science of breath? And you don't see the purpose of it. Wait. Wow. The reason why the exoteric 
cannot understand the Bible is because it's a book of symbolism and allegory. All right? But many interpretations and distortions have been interpolated by the church fathers in their attempt to make the Bible say what the ancient Magi's did not teach. Okay, so the problem with Christianity as a whole, including the pastors, the TV evangelists, pay no attention to these verses, all right, and read um, and teach the Bible literally, which is actually is an abomination to God, all right? This is why you get the book, the Metaphysical Bible Dictionary, all right, by Charles Fillmore. Get the other book, Esoteric Christianity or Lesser Mysteries by Annie Bassat, all right? Even the Holy Quran tells you that the shit is allegory. So we, we told you in Galatians, the fourth chapter, 21st through the 26th verse, we show you that Abraham and his wives, Hagar and Sarah, Hagar being the bondmaid and Sarah being um, the free woman, that shit was allegory. <laughs> allegory. Now I'm going to show you in the Holy Quran where it says that it was allegory. In the Surah 3, Ayat 6, he, it is, this is the book of um, Ingram. He, it is, who has revealed the book to thee. Some of the verses are decisive. They are the basics of the book, and others are allegorical. Those, then those in whose heart is perversity follows the part of it which is allegorical seeking to mislead and seeking to give it their own interpretation. And none knows this interpretation except a law and those firmly rooted in knowledge. They say, we believe in it. It is all from our Lord and none do mine except men of understanding. So when we look up allegory, what does it say? Go to Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Allegory, the expression by the means of symbolic Fictional, fictional figures, symbolic fictional figures. That's allegory. That's what it says. The expression by means of symbolic fictional figures and action of truth or generalizations about human existence. Also in the instance of such expression, a symbolic representation, an emblem. Therefore, if Abraham, the supposed father of Christianity, of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, did not actually exist in human form, and neither did his son Isaac, the supposed Hebrew, Israelite, Jewish, um, Christian father, or Ishmael, the supposed Arab father, but they were all symbolic, fictitious, fictitional figures or characters, then the so-called monotheistic belief system of Judaism Christianity and Islam are merely stories and tales from old stories, older stories and tales of human evolution and awakening. Simple. Of course, you will have Negroes try to battle me on the fact, oh, no, Moses existed. Oh, no, you know, Jesus existed. Oh, you know, white Jesus, white Moses, none of these, white Muhammad, none of these motherfuckers existed. Let's be clear. Never existed. The popes through the ages have known that Jesus is a fraud and said so. Pope Leo X said, how well we know 
what a profitable superstition the fable of Christ has been for us. <laughs> this is in the Tao Bible myths. D-O-A-N-E apostrophe S Bible myths. Go and get that book. So he says, how well we know what a profitable superstition the fable of Christ has been for us. So white Jesus is a myth, a superstition, but it's, it's, it's a fable, but it's profitable. Oh, shit, yes, it's profitable. Oh, oh you know, I got to do a TG Snakes and a, a creep low with your dollar, you know, uh, um, on you. You know, Creep Low with your dollar said that if you don't pay your tithes, we need to line you up and kill you, assassinate you, <laughs> get rid of your monkey ass, because you don't want to give the Lord your money. Come and give the Lord your 10%. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> yes, indeed. All right, so... <laughs> So, yeah, creep low with your dollar. Exactly. That's 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 it. T T G T D snakes. Creep low with your dollar. Eddie wrong, which you know Eddie wrong is gone now, but you know, but he was wrong. <laughs> All right, that's what that's what. So, so now that you know that all this shit is allegory, how does it fit for you? Is Christ an allegory per se? White Christ is, but the science of Christ itself, which comes from the ancient comedic system of caress, isn't. Because caress is the mummified body of Osiris, which is talking about the pineal gland. And embedded inside the pineal gland is the divine soul of Ra, who you refer to as Osar. So Osar lays half asleep inside of the pineal gland, wrapped in swaddling clothing, hence wrapped in the flesh. Just like Jesus was wrapped in swaddling clothing at his birth and at his death. That wrap of swaddling clothing, talking about the incarceration of the soul. <laughs> and then our set, which is the Kundalini energy, had to travel through the seven caves. <laughs> and when she kisses the pineal gland or strikes the pineal gland, it awakens our soul. <laughs> and wish that from that divine merger produces Heru, <laughs> that Christ consciousness. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> and now you become the Christ <laughs> or the caress. <laughs> Because you got caressed <laughs> by the woman or the God aspect of yourself called the mother, the goddess principle, the Kundalini. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> so when the Kundalini, which is the Arsetian force, mother goddess principle raises up in your black ass. Yes, what happens is she strikes and kiss and caress, yes, or saw, which is in the pineal gland, yes, and which that makes, ooh, the hit awaken 
and become the Christ of your life. Yes, that's what happened. So this is all symbolic. Okay? This this is all. Of course, they can't tell you this. They can't tell you that the word Shekinah in the Old Testament is another name for the feminine face of God, which in Hebrew means feminine face of God, but it also means a set. Shekinah is Sekhmat. Her ancient comedic name of her warrior spirit is Sekhmat. And the Kundalini, as we know, can rage hell within you because it can give you Kundalini symptoms, spasms, um, as if something is crawling on your skin. Uh, it can give you um, um, illusion, um, 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 illusions of grandeur. Niggas thinking that they the Christ. They're the only Christ. Ain't nobody else can be that shit. They're the only ones. I got many of these niggas around. I done seen them over the last 30 years. Coming to me talking about, brother, you know I'm Jesus. Oh, for real? <laughs> when they can walk on his puddle. <laughs> he can walk on his puddle. <laughs> yeah. That's, this this is what's going on. All right, this is what's going on. I, I just I just seen so many and so much of this nonsense over the years. When all of us can become the Christ, we all have the potential. It's just about how much time do you want to dedicate to you doing it and becoming that. How much time do you want to put towards becoming your Aku? The light body, the rainbow body, the golden dragon body, the celestine body, or celestial body, the antimantium body. It depends on how much you want to put forth that effort. Of course, many want to get wrapped up into just simply conspiracy theories. That's what they're happy about. UFOs and shit. That's what they're happy about. Always something external of themselves. So that they don't have to deal with the internal shit that is really manifested within them. Their thoughts of negativity. They don't want to deal with that. They don't want to deal with the science of breath that can alleviate karma. They don't want to deal with that. They don't want to deal with the fact that this shit is is, is an illusion. And you have to be the magi in order to do what? Miraculously appear somewhere else. In other words, Simon says, or sesame, open sesame, or abracadabra, which means the spark of life. That's what abracadabra means, the spark of life. So you don't want to spark that life, which is that pineal gland, which is the connection between your spiritual existence and your earthly existence. Why not spark the pineal gland? Why not raise Kundalini to spark the pineal gland? So that you can have the ability in order to make the determination if you want to stay here or develop further with the golden dragon body and go or what is called um, incorruptible body in the book of Corinthians. It says you have two bodies. One is of the flesh and one is of the spirit. One is corruptible, one is incorruptible. 
See, the choice is yours. It's yours. So the statements of some scientists, all right, um, posing that man is an image. Everything experienced is a temporary and deceptive and deceptive. And this universe is a shadow, seems to be proven by science in our day. This is by Frederick Vester. Why is that? Why, why did he say that? It's because they found that 99.9999% of your atomic structure is empty space. This is what they found. Empty space. That's deep. So you think that was the coincidence of when you read in the book of Genesis, meaning, meaning with your genes, Genesis, you get it? Genes is the first part of that, your genes. Genesis is your genes, you get it? First chapters, 26 verse. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So what do you think the image and likeness is? What is image and likeness? Well, <laughs> image and likeness makes reference to the fact of you being a hologram. Read the book by Michael Talbot, Holographic Universe. You are a hologram. And in the beginning was the Ein. The nothingness. Then came the Ein Sof, the infinite space without limit. And finally, the Ein Sof Ur, which is the infinite light, which first filled the Ein Sof, then contracted, bringing forth life, the very essence of light, Kether. Thus, Kether was born of nothingness. Now, this is the same tale of noon of Atum. Emerging from the state of noon. Okay, noon meaning none, as in Ein Sophie, Ein, Ein Sof, and Ein Sophie Er. And thus, Kepha was born from nothingness. Thus, Atum was born from noon, nothingness. But Kepha carried within himself the two infinities. In other words, masculine and feminine. Just like Atum was called the great he, she. Within ancient Kemet, the infinity, all right, that's what we're talking about, the infinity. You carry within you the infinity. That is the soul, spark of God, that dwells within your pineal gland. And the Ein, Ein Sof, Ein Sophie Ur is the triple stage darkness state in which that you have within the womb as you was developing within your mother. It is also dark matter, black energy, and the visible spectrum, which is um, also covered with what is called antimatter. Okay? That's what's going on. So, yeah, fuck you too, nigga. <laughs> fuck you too. Exactly. You know, that's what's going on, Michael Robinson. Yeah, get your monkey ass up off the timeline. Go play somewhere else. They ain't this, that, that's not this type of night tonight. 
right? Oh, and thank you too, Angela. Thank you, um, Angela Norman. Appreciate you. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, so Ein means nothingness. Ein Sof means limited nothingness. And Ein Sofi Ur, limitless light. All right. This is what we're talking about. So this is what is known as the veil, the cloud veils of the Ein that formulates the hidden Sephirah and concentrates in the ether, or kether, as it says, right, which becomes the first sephirah, right? So we find some amazing things. Oh, that Negro name was um, Michael Robinson. Yeah, yeah. So when it says that Allah is self, and it says created from a state of nothingness, because the word Allah means nothingness. The source, nothingness, all right? That's what Allah means, right? So, yeah, it's supposed to be a moon deity, but the name itself means nothingness. A-L means the, and L-A-H means nothing, a nothingness. So it's the nothingness, <laughs> right? That's what Allah means, all right? So um, the Omni present potentiality and you have the womb of triple stage darkness the Quran speaks about triple stage darkness Ein, Ein Sof, Ein Sofi Ur is triple stage darkness that's what we're talking about and you are, and you dwell in it inside of your mother's womb as you're being developed into the self into Allah, arm, leg, leg arm, head right, that's what's going on you're being developed into that right, so Ein is the highest and the first of the veils. It literally means nothing or simply no. It's an is a absolute emptiness, that, that, that opposite of existence, the complete absence, right? All of that is what we now refer to as antimatter nowadays, right? Go to Europe. Europe? Oh, you a sick dude, yo. <laughs> Ain't nobody, ain't nobody from Europe up in this piece. Um, obviously, it must be you. But anyway, Ein Sof is the middle of the three veils and is preceded uh, from Ein by necessity. It is literally translated no limit. Um, if there's nothing, then there is uh, no boundaries or limitation. This is the limitless foundation, the eternal in its purest sense. Then you have the Ein Sofi Ur, which is the lower veil situated closest to the tree of life. And it proceeds from the Ein Sof as, um, as a necessity. It means limitless or eternal light. Without any limitations, all things happen by virtue of the fact that there is no reason why there shouldn't, um, why they shouldn't light play, um, and light play on a very important role of the philosophy and symbolism in the Kabbalah. And basically what they're saying is that um, Ein Sophie Ur, Ur, which means aura, your aura, all right, um, is what helps with the manifestation. Your, what is known now within morpho, uh, morphogenics or genetics, morphogenetics, um, this energy is what helps form your physical body into existence. Right, um, 
You have the universe, which is composed almost completely of dark energy, dark matter, and ordinary matter. That's the triple stage darkness. Um, and of course, you have to um, the ordinary matter fights against antimatter. All right. Um, the antimatter is what we call the dark ma- um, dark energy, dark matter, or black matter. And the other contents of the ordinary um, matter is basically um, electromagnetic radiation. All right. And basically, we see that dark energy um, is the energy of empty space, and, it, and, is, and the cause is the expansion of the universe to accelerate and accounts for the remaining 72% of the content. The other 23% of the content is dark matter, a mysterious matter that has not yet been identified, but it makes up about 23%. And then, of course, the rest of it, you know, which is um, 5% or so, is the remainder of the intergalactic gases, stars, planets, asteroids, meteorites, so forth and so on. All right? That's what all that is. So when we talk about that we are a hologram, it says, with this in mind, one must take a second look at the New Age fascination with crystals. Um, there can be a correlation here because holographic um, Akashic reality is a non-anthropic, perpetual radiating energy field or matrix, right? Perhaps physical plane crystals with this crystalline matrix may in some way resonate with this otherwise undetected, undetectable field. It may also prevail that the polarum, polaroma, um, holographic and Akashic dark energy reality predates our linear space-time and in fact may have given birth to our physical reality with the Big Bang for reasons explained, all right? So basically they're saying that because of dark matter, dark energy, it was able to basically um, bring the physical body and bring everything that we see, touch, taste, and smell into existence, right? Now, when we talk about the aura, we're talking about your pranic body, pranic energy, all right? And when you talk about prana, um, prana would be, in ancient Kemet, the word ra, right? Prana would be ra, all right? So ra, the old... Is the oldest god, all right, of the pantheon of ancient Kemet, of the Neturus, right? When you say your old soul, you're talking about the soul of Ra, Solar, right? That's the oldest, all right? So um, you see that prana is, um, is all around us. It is through you. It is in you. All right, so when we talk about God exists everywhere at all times, as Christians would say, they're talking about prana, ra. All right, even um, God's name in Hebrew is El Roy. In English, it becomes Leroy. So we know that this is what is really going on here. So. When you look up Ein, Ein, Sophie, Ein, Sophie, Ur, you find that the letter 
Ayn within Hebrew and within Arabic is the 16th and 18th letter. And Ayn is the symbol for Ayn is an I. One I. All right? Now, that's deep because that one I means to see, um, to experience. Right? That's what it means. Um, that one Ayn is also called Omicron within Greek. But the Ayn is also Ainu, E-N-U, which is also A-N-U. So when you talk about Anu, and Anu, the Anunnaki, right, the word Anu means on high. Naki means serpent. So when you say, so when you say Anunnaki, you're saying serpent on high. Or the serpent on high are located at the eye, the serpent and the eye. Because the serpent came through the rainbows, the Roy G. Biz, so the serpent and the rainbow. Right? The highest or the fastest light is violet, which resonates from the pineal gland. The lowest is the testicles or the ovaries for the woman, for the testes for the men, ovaries for the women, in which that is red. So Roy G. Bibb, red, orange, yellow, green, sky blue, indigo, violet. All right? So Anu symbolizes on high. So when you read the stories about Anu, and it's talking about in the um, Sumerian mythologies, and it's talking about Anu, you know, and they get, you know, you believe that Anu came from the stars, and, you know, and all, you know, yeah, Anu did come from the stars because your pineal gland is supposed to be transformed and activated into a star so you can develop your star body. And that comes by way of Anu, your most high God, which is also called a star. When he's resurrected, he's Heru or Ra. All of this is the same information told over and over again. Right? And the first ones to reveal this information to you about Anu were the Twa people, the so-called pygmies. Right? If you get the book, The Origin of the Ancient Egyptians by Sheikh Antediop, he says, the common ancestors of the Anu settled along the Nile was Ani, or An, a name determined by the word Ket, and which, dating from the earliest version of the Book of the Dead, 4100 BCE onward, is given to the god Osiris. The identity of the god An, with, which is Anu, with Osiris has been demonstrated. Okay? Has been demonstrated. All right? Um, by Plati, we shall indeed recall that Osiris is also surnamed by Anu. Osiris Anu. The god Anu is represented alternatively by the symbol and the symbols. All right now, what symbol is that? The eye. And the Anak tribe, the Anak, which is the Anunnaki. Right, so it says. All the Anak tribes now inhabiting the Upper Nile in Ethiopia, 
related to the ancient and new? Further research will provide the answer to this question. So the Anak tribe is the Anu or the Anunnaki. That is told to you in the mythology or the stories of Samaria. Right? It continues on. You can go to another one called the um, um, Palomo Stone by Alan Winston. According to uh, Finders Petrie, these people were the Anu, who named, known to us since the proto-historic epoch, is always written upon three pillars on the following inscription, extending from the end, the end of the fourth millennium before our era. The natives of the country was always represented with unmistakable chiefly emblems from which one looks in vain among the influent portrayals of other races who are shown as Seville foreign elements having reached the valley by infiltration. All right, and it says the Scorpion Kings belongs to the preceding race of Anu. Moreover, he was worshipped men and set, and who shall see later men like the chief gods of Egypt, was called by the traditions of Egypt itself, the great Negro. So you see, you are Anu. But you around here believing the mythologies. All right? These Anu, this is another book by Abby um, Emilio. Right? It was written in 18, well, she was born in 1850 and lived until 1916. She writes, these Anu Ethiopians were agricultural people raising cattle on a large scale along the Nile, shutting themselves up in a walled city for defense purposes. This is why Ethiopia was never conquered. To this people we are attributed without fear of error. The most ancient Egyptian books, the Book of the Dead and the text of the pyramid, consequently, all the myths of religious teachings, I would add almost all the philosophical systems then known and still carry Egyptian. They evidently knew the craft necessarily for, all civiliz- for any civilization and were familiar with the tools those traded required. They knew how to use metal. They made the earliest attempt of writing. They, um, the whole Egyptian tradition attributed the, um, this art to Thoth, the great Hermes, and, and knew, like Osiris, who is called Onan in chapter 15 of the Book of the Dead and the text of the pyramids. Now, this is amazing because Onan is the name of the person that God killed because he spilled his seed on the ground because he's supposed to have sex with his brother's wife, um, with his brother's wife and the brother got killed. So Onan was supposed to have sex and bring a child through the wife. All right? Now that's the same exact story of Onan of Onan here who is Osiris, who is Anu. 
He had sex with his with his brother's wife and produced a child. Right? And the child becomes Ampu. And the wife was Nephet of Nephti. And Osiris got killed, placed in the box by Set, God. <laughs> Huh? All right, brother Zephaniah, thank you, brother. Appreciate that. That's 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 the that's my other Aries twin right there. Um, that's that's April the um 18th right there. Appreciate that. All right, so um, when we talk about Anu, we talk about your pineal gland, and you as the Anu are Anunnakian people who are known as the Ethiopians, the Kushites. So we know for sure that you are the Anunnakian. And these are the same people who went into Samaria or Mesopotamia, as it's now called, Assyria, Akkadian, whatever term you want to call it, we was there. We was on every continent before the great earthquake caused the so-called shift in the Titanic plates and caused the separation of the land masses called continents. All right, so um, this is this is what we understand. We 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 know that this is the realness, but we know that Ain knew is Osiris, and the word Os and Iris within the Greek means. The eye to see Use the eye to see That's what Osiris means The eye to see That's what Osiris means Iris This is why This is the iris That is part of Osiris Os iris The eye to see And new Means eye That's the symbol Is the eye The eye that they talk about Is your third eye your pineal gland. Rene Descartes, French philosopher, said that the pineal gland is the seat of the soul. Right? That's the seat of the soul. So in order to activate that eye, they told you the tone was ein or am, which is amen. And why you say that in your prayers as a good Christian, as a good Hebrew, Jewish, Jew, Israelite, as a good Christian or Muslim, I should say, as a good Buddhist. But they even say Om, Amen, which is based on Om, the sound of Om, the sacred tone, the sound uh, or the name of consciousness. That's the, That's consciousness. And that consciousness is supposed to break away the calcification around the pineal gland so that it can be the eye once again so that you can look and pierce the veil of the spiritual plane. It's the spiritual icon of the Hindu religion. It is also the mantra in Hinduism, Buddhism, Jainism, and Sikhism. In Hinduism, Om is one of the most important spiritual symbols. Atman, which is the soul, self within 
and Brahman, the ultimate reality, entirety of the universe, truth, divine, um, supreme spirit, and cosmic principles and knowledge. Your pineal gland is within the realm of what is called the cave of Brahma. The cave of Brahma, Brahma becomes Ambram as in Abraham. Abraham is Brahman. <laughs> the Hindu deity. This is where Abraham come from. How do we know? Because Brahman's wife is, Brahma's wife is who? Sarai. As in Saraswati. <laughs> Abraham's wife is Sarah, or Sarai, as she was called. This became Sarah, as in Saraswati. So they're telling you these sciences. So Brahma and Sarai is nothing more than Asa and Aset. This is why it says in the Apocrypha, in the Lost Books of the Bible, Forgotten Books of Eden, that Jesus was born in a cave. The cave, the cave is the um is the um third ventricle that the pineal gland sits in. That's the cave. Okay. So yes, you must be born again. You must illuminate that pineal gland once again. And the sound in which that you can do it is own. Oh. Same sound you make when you go up to the altar when you're a good little Christian. Amen. Oh, Or when you was a good Muslim, you was a good Muslim. When you was a good Muslim, you made, you said, Bismillah, Arachman Rahim, Arachman Rahim, Malik Yawmadim, Yakana Budiway, Yakana Sayin, Adina Sarato Mustakin, Adina Sarato Ladina. So you said, or I'm. At the end, seven stanzas. At Udu Bilahim in the Shaitan or Rajim. Bismillah Rahman Rahim, Malik Yomadin, Yakna Buduway Yakanasa in a dinner Sorotto Musta King, Sorotto Ladina Sonata Lahim, Garamak Dubi Lahim, Walet Doling, Amin. Seven stanzas. The Ain. So even in Islam, they give you the seven stanzas, which the ein sound means the eyes. Remember, the symbol of the ein is an eye, which symbolizes the awakening of the seven eyes of Allah. This is told to you in the 101s and 102s of the Moorish Holy Quran, of the, um, excuse me, of the Moorish Holy, um, um, 101 and 102 questionnaire for um, Moorish children or Moorish Americans. That you have seven eyes of a law. The seven eyes are talking about seven eyes of a law or your chakras. They are the seven African powers. Obatala. 
Oya, Emiya, Oshun, Ogun, Shango, and Ishuelegba. The seven African powers. Your chakras. This is why Ori. Thank you, thank you, um, Angela. Thank you, thank you. So the seven African powers are the seven Elohims, or the seven eyes of Allah, known as the seven souls of Ra. All right? Same information, told over and over again. Okay? And you open and awaken them through certain sounds, tones. You can use the vowels to open and awaken your seven chakras, for they symbolize the seven colors of the rainbow. Roy G. Biz, as I went over earlier. Okay? So, we have to come to realization of this. So, when we talk about Ptah, we talk about Ptah being a father of all the gods. When you understand that, the image of Ptah correlates to the thalamus gland, the hypothalamus gland, the pituitary gland, the pineal gland, on down into the puns, the medulla oblongata, into the spinal cord. That is Ptah, the father of all the natural rules. It's come out in your brain, the father of the gods. This is why it says, this is why they give you the Oscar, which is actually Osar, which is in the image of Ptah, his other form, as he's holding and grasping the wasp. Okay? Yeah, exactly. You need your mind to interpret the sounds. Exactly. Yeah. Indeed. I agree. Totally. Right? And remember, your mind, your breath is the mind in action. And your breath is what gives you the ability in order to make sounds. So sounds are your mind in action. Your mind is light. How we know is because you have crystalline, electromagnetic, sand-like particles around your pineal gland. And when the pineal gland is cemented by the kundalini, it looks like a diamond. Shame bite like a diamond. Shame bite like a diamond. You get into that Rihanna shit. <laughs> get into that Rihanna shit right there. Shine bright like a diamond. Your pineal gland will shine bright like a diamond because it has been solidified. Remember, you carbon. The pineal gland is heat, friction. What happens to carbon after much heat and friction? Carbon transforms. Carbon becomes a shining, brilliant diamond. Well, that's what happens with your pineal gland. Your pineal gland is filled with carbon called melanin. Melanin. And what is melanin? Huh? I don't know. Let's, what is melanin? What's the science of melanin? Because it seems like people be forgetting what melanin really is. Well, remember, it's the perfect absorber of light. 
in all energy frequencies. Melanin has an abundantly presence in the inception of life. There is a melanin sheath covering both sperm and egg. It's found in every organ in the body. Melanin responds to and absorbs light, sound in the form of music, and electrical energy and uses the energy in the body as food and nutrient. It converts light energy to sound back again to light energy. Oh, shit, sound like melanin is very powerful. All right? Very powerful. Melanin has a direct relationship with light, heat, radiation, laser waves, radio waves, TV waves, magnetism, and electric currents. All right? So, your melanin, which is produced from your pineal gland, right? The precursors to melanin is serotonin and melatonin. Those are the precursors. All right? Now, um, THC is carbon. So, no, nah, I don't kill, um, weed doesn't kill um, melanin. All right, THC is carbon. That carbon combines with your THC, with your, um, THC combines with your um, carbon and um, makes it um, activate. It also helps with the secretion of DMT. All right, DMT, um, that methyl um, triplamine um, um, is what is produced also from the pineal gland. And DMT, along with penoline, or what is known as um, spiritual molecules. Matter of fact, you can get the book. Um, oh man, it's called um, um, DMT, the Spirit Molecule, by Rick Stratum. All right, by Rick Stratum, Dr. Rick Stratum. All right, in that book, he shows you how you already have DMT in the body, but if you want to enhance it, then you would, you know, doing ceremonial purposes now. You can do marijuana, um, ask um, 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 certain um, um, cybersin mushrooms, which are um, mushrooms that grows in um, the best ones are the ones that grows in cow patches, in which that um, are red and white, um, um, peyote, um, tarragon. Um, um, Tabernathi yabuka plant, which is West African plant, which um, you can take the bark off the tree and you can actually make it into a tea and drink one cup and you're out your body. You better go somewhere and sit your ass down. Um, as well as also ayahuasca and also salvia, right? So these are just some of the psychedelic herbs that you can utilize in order to activate DMT. Because normally they say that DMT is only produced at the time of birth and at the time of death. But in between, you can actually get that production going too. All right? And it's by utilizing these specific herbs to do so. All right? Um, other herbs that you can use if you can't get a hold of those is ginseng, guadacola, and ginkgo balaba. Those three together is called um, the triple G's. Okay? All right. 
Well, if, if you're talking about processed weed, hell yeah. GMO weed, oh, hell yeah. Make sure if you're going to use some weed, make sure you got some seeds in it, please. Okay? Make sure you got some, some, some um, seeds in it. Right? Um, if you don't got seeds, don't smoke it. That's some hybrid shit. That's some GMO shit. That's the shit that they got on the market that is killing people. Okay? If it ain't got seeds, then don't smoke it. All right? That's as simple as it is. All right? And if you don't want to use that, you can use your breath. All right? The only thing you have to do is just breathe deep and long. If you want to go into different layers of consciousness, and we said we spoke about this before, if you want to get into different layers of consciousness, then you utilize your breath. All right? That's what you can use. You can use the science of breath. All right? Um, 18 breaths is the average breath that a person breathes. You can cut that to nine breaths. You can go to 7.5 breaths, six breaths, 4.5 breaths, three breaths, one breath a minute, all right? And at one breath a minute, you'll tap into infinite consciousness, your subatomic particles, the subatomic body you tap into. And you can instruct that you have that particular thought on your mind and instruct. So if a person is um, dying, you know what I'm saying, you can change the whole reality by using that breath and tap into um, the higher level um, or deeper levels of yourself. Okay? So this is what we're talking about. Right? Oh, how can you learn to do that? Just simply, um, you can hit me up on um, Dr. Aline, um, um, dot com, which is my website, or you can hit me up at drlbay at gmail.com. I teach this information. You know what I'm saying? What we're doing tonight is just a mystical, as we were talking about, the, myst- um, the mysticism of everything. I'm just talking about everything and how, you know, how we need to understand what is really taking place. Okay. Okay. So you have the email. Exactly. So just email me and I can send you um, exactly how to do it and everything. I have a video um, on YouTube, as a matter of fact, where I go into the sounds um, of healing and into the different states of um, consciousness. So, like I was saying, the average person breathes 18 breaths a minute. That's interpersonal consciousness, right? At um, nine breaths a minute, you go into intrapersonal consciousness. At 7.5 breaths a minute, you go into life consciousness. At six breaths a minute, you go into subconsciousness. At 4.5 breaths a minute, you go into superconsciousness. At three breaths a minute, you go into magnetic consciousness. All right, at this level, your pineal gland is fully activated. All right? Your pituitary gland, excuse me, is fully activated at 4.5, and at 3, pineal gland is fully activated. So the glands in your brains are fully activated at 3 breaths a minute. But at 1 breath a minute, all right, you're able to tap into the subatomic particles of yourself. All right? And this is the breath technique in which that was used by the ancients in Egypt in order to transform their body into light. There were certain mantras that was also used, like Ba Banuk Benu, or Ba Bak Benu, Ba Bak Benu, which means that you want to transform your body into, into, into the golden dragon body or the light body, which is Benu, which is another form of Heru. 
which symbolizes the phoenix, which is the resurrector um, out of the 500 years. Every 500 years, um, the phoenix rises from out the ashes. That is symbolic. All right, the ashes is talking about the physical body, in which that when you develop the, um, the rainbow body, there's three stages, but um, at the rainbow body, what happens is that your body um, become ashes, not the same as in spontaneous combustion, right, which is different because you have um, 3,000 degrees temperature, which is your kundalini at the base of your spine, and when it, and 6,000 degrees, excuse me, 6,000 degrees temperature at the base of your spine, and when it raises up and it strikes the pineal gland, if that pineal gland is calcified, you can spontaneous combust. So this is why we spoke about the certain tones in which that can help to decalcify the pineal gland in other videos, which is the ohm sound that we just did, um, the ohm sound, A-U-M, the I, I, or the I sound, which is the I, um, the E, the, um, and the Y that activates certain areas in the brain so that when the kundalini raises up, you will not spontaneous combust but you can transform your body into a light vehicle. Some call it the makaba uh, or makaba, and some refer to it as the golden dragon body, light body, incorruptible body, all these various terms that you would want to um, use. All right, so this is what we're talking about here. All right, so um, that's tonight's discussion. Um, I'm going to get on up off of here. Um, I appreciate y'all that came on with respect and had questions, um, and to you Negroes that come on here, or the Albion that come on here, um, you know, coming with that nonsense, yo, best believe you're going to get it back, all right? Because we're talking about cosmic law up in here, all right? All right, we got our calendar of events. Please go to the website, um, drdalimalbay.com, and you'll go to the calendar of events, and you see that I, we got an upcoming September 21st, 22nd, and 23rd event, we'll be able to teach all this information. All right, we'll teach all this information. All right, no doubt. Yo, God, rock, peace, God. Um, you know, we're going to definitely do that. Appreciate that. Thank you, um, Phoenix World. Word, exactly. Great show. Appreciate that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Much love on, on Christian. Oh, so our September conference is September the 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. All right, look for us. Um, um, then come on out and support. All right? We, we need everybody to come on out and support. Huh? All right, so also on the calendar of events, the last thing before we go, we got our um, event June 2nd and June 3rd in Virginia. If you live in the North Carolina, Virginia, Washington, D.C., Maryland area, come on down to Virginia. All right? Because we'll be going in. Um, deep information, you know what I'm saying? Um, so come on down, check us out. All right. Um, anything else before we go? That was it. I'm good. Oh yeah. Brother Christian, we'll get your order out. You know what I'm saying? As soon as possible. ASAP. Oh, Johnny, um, email us your information. Who else? And thank you, Sister Angela, once again for the donations. And Brother um, Zephaniah, appreciate you, brother. Thank you. 
All right, well, shoot, that's that's about all I can say. I love y'all. Yo, check us out the next time we um do a um our um live joint live stream. Um, we're gonna keep doing more and more um because we want people to subscribe to our channel. So please go to YouTube and subscribe to our channel. If you want more information, subscribe because we got a hell of a boat of information on there. I'm telling you. All right. Um, peace. We out. A word, okay, no doubt. I said we're gonna build up our joint.